As we said, the FOFs, the Friends of Foyer, are in full effect today on the day that Tom Brady walks away from professional football, this time we think for good. 1102 Gresham Foyer here with you on WEEI, Boston and New England Sports Original. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, multiple-time world champion, I guess technically he would now be an FOF, a friend of Foyer, as we determined on this show. It is Teddy Bruski. Teddy, it's Gresham Foyer. Good morning. Thank you for making time for us. Appreciate it, Chris. Heck yeah, FOF, friend of Foyer. I'll take it. I'll take it. Anytime my man gives me a text and says the show needs something, all right. So we got something to talk about here. Oh, boy. I mean, listen, I mean, I, I've been watching ESPN. I, I feel like. You've been on since like 6 a.m. this morning or whenever it was that the word got out. The, the bat phone probably rang. And I guess you're just your initial reactions to the to the uh, I guess the official official retirement of one Tom Brady. Uh, you got a video this time. So yeah. you're looking right into the eyes of, of Tom. And I actually got a little emotional myself in terms of just feeling what he felt there, um, knowing him and how how just brightly the fire burns in terms of competing for championships when he says he's retiring and then those last two words for good. And you you see him um, get emotional a little bit, choked up and start tearing up a little bit. I'm trying to understand and help everyone understand that's listening, how hard it was for him to say that this is, this is the ultimate, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just worried about the next championship, the next win, the person that's saying I'm done competing. And I'm actually choosing not to compete anymore. That was my reaction to it initially because it's just to, to see the words and the expression of Tom's and have that him say that was something I was not ever something I never thought I would see. And Teddy, to add a layer to that, Foyer and I talked about this in the first hour. A lot of guys kind of either age out or their body kind of gives out on him. The amazing part of this is that at 40 flipping five years old, this dude still has to make the tough choice to leave game on the field for him to walk away. I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like it. Yeah, well, you won't. I mean, this is, I think the one thing we didn't achieve in 2007, achieving that perfect record and the, the perfect season um, Tom just achieved it in terms of a career. It was, it was perfection of a career. He really um, had everything going. He wasn't the betrothed one, the number one overall pick that everyone looked to and like, you're the answer, you're the savior. He was, you know, everybody knows the 199th pick and that immediately made him relatable to everyone on the team. Here's the backup quarterback that's trying to find his way and grind and form relationships with the with the team because if he, if he's not liked he's going to get cut you know and that's sort of the, the role of the backup quarterback that all the way to being the person that's looked to to set the standard in between all of that he had a comeback where he had the torn ACL where he had to deal with that um, so just he switched teams to go somewhere else to prove he could do it outside of New England, and he did it there also. I don't know what you could ask from a career. It was the perfect career, and it's a congratulations to him. And fellas, it's, 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 truthfully, should have known. I should have known because of all the conversations I've had with Tom, and he's like, Teddy B, 45, 45. On air, on the record, or off the record, it's 45. And we're like, what 
ever, man. You're not going to get 45. It's not going to happen. But basically, he would say to us, 40 effing five. And we should have known. You know, he got it, and he accomplished that. And, you know, just congratulations to my friend. So we're talking to Teddy Bruschi on the Harbor One Hotline. And I'm just – I feel like every player has this, I don't know, call it a come-to-Jesus moment when they really, you know, I'm, I'm retiring for good this time. Like, you had yours, I had mine. Like, what do you think was going through his head when he decided? Do you think it was just like, hey, you know what, I wake up – today's the day. Or do you think it was, like, more premeditated? Yeah, I don't I don't think anything's not calculated with Tommy. And even so let's let's think about the timing of this. This is a week that is the bye week into the Super Bowl. There's no there's no really football game coming up to ha- that has the attention. He would never want to take the attention away from the Super Bowl, which is why it's done right now in the middle of a week of the bye week and this can all be talked about for a couple days and then all the attention can go back to Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and the Chiefs. That's another thing that's probably he thought of. He didn't want to do this during Super Bowl week and everything be about him. That's the humility of Tom also. Let's get this out the way so these two teams can go out go out and get their championship. Teddy, I don't know if there was a moment, and I say this, uh, I use the word wacko as respectfully as possible because there is <clears throat> a part of the guy that is a wacko, whether it's the competitiveness, the work ethic, whatever. Was there a moment maybe on the practice field or in the locker room where you're like, this guy's a wacko, but he's my kind of wacko? Yeah, that was, I I think the best example I can give to that is, is when we all made the Pro Bowl together after we beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl and we had just gone back to back. And back in those days, the Pro Bowl was played, and then teams were announced, the representatives were announced, and then the last ones in the locker room are going to be the Super Bowl champions. So out of the AFC Pro Bowl locker room, you know, the Steelers, we had beaten the championship game, so they were the second to last, and then we were about to be introduced. And Tom looks to myself and Vinatieri and, and Izzo was a Pro Bowl special teamer, and I think Seymour was there also, and he says, nobody's ever won three in a row. And, Gresh, fellas, I still had confetti <laughs> on the bottom of my cleats from the celebration in Jacksonville. And, you know, as, as, as dedicated and addictive and, you know, obsessed as that is, you love it, but it's like, bro, I'm trying to relax right now. <laughs> we're all just trying to relax and enjoy this Pro Bowl that we're about to be introduced as the world champion, and you're talking about three in a row. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but he was, and I think he had been there ever since maybe a day after uh, we had won it. And that's just the standard that a lot of us couldn't uphold. But it was just the addiction that was Tom Brady to winning championships and multiple championships. It's, that's all he did it for. Do you think um, – what are your thoughts on the whole one-day contract thing? I mean, returning back to New England – We've been discussing that a little bit. Uh, do you think that's something he would be open to or uh, in the crafts would be open to as well? I don't think that's going to happen. I think Tom has, I think Tom has 
Maybe he'll, he'll, he won't admit this. Maybe he will, but there's a lot of Coach Belichick in him. There's a lot of Bill and Tom in terms of how his foundation was started and the beliefs and how he got to be in the way he was. And I remember specifically Bill, uh, Tom might have been present where he was, he really doesn't like that. The whole one day contract thing and retire and all mm-hmm. that stuff. What's that even for? You know, I think I think Tom would. I think he said it like Bill too, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you went right into I Bill mode. That's the way. That's the way I see it. It's like, man, you were here. We said goodbye. It's all good. Now you did it. Okay, no, that's good. I, I don't. I don't know if I even want to see that. Um, to tell you the truth, you know, Tom has. He's. Man, a part of me thinks is he he became more than the Patriots, really. I mean, to go and do what he did in Tampa, and then uh, man, just just to bring people you know together to win that championship. I mean, he's shown so much more since his time here in New England that there's so much more to him. So I don't know if that's going to happen. So okay, so the other aspect of his is, is is you know they don't retire numbers here in New England for the Patriots. They have the Hall of Fame. I get it. Yeah. I do think there is like if Ray Lewis has a statue for the Baltimore Ravens, like shouldn't Brady kind of have some sort of, I don't know, something, yeah, right? Something, right? I get it. The, the one day contract, I get, is it, a little goofy sometimes. It's stupid, but how do you reward him or memorialize him for the career that he had? Yeah, I agree. Um, man, I think I think that'd be a great gesture, and I know that. I know the re- the retired number thing is, I don't know where where that goes. So it'd be the first ever. I know there were retired numbers before. I remember being a rookie and walking down and thinking, uh, you know, tips tips number. Nobody's ever going to wear that and all this. And so these retired numbers thing, and then that sort of just sort of went away. And I don't know how they feel about that there anymore. I think, I don't know, some type of. I, I would love a statue of Tom outside the the stadium. It would. It's he is. He is what was that success is, those six banners up there. And I would love to hear his opinion on that, you know, in terms of uh, if he would even want that. Now, I think that would be something not immediate, yeah. maybe not next year, but maybe in three years he would say, you know what, I, I think that'd be cool because I think it's going to take Tom some time to make the transition because I remember having a conversation when he's like, Brew it's going to be tough for you to transition past football. But I want to turn that back on him and say, no, 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 no. It's going to be tough on you, man. And it's going to take him a little bit a little bit of a while to understand that, wait, I don't need to do all these things that I was doing before. So what's my life going to be like? I mean, and the last thing that he's thinking about right now is, what to how New England is going to, you know, honor him in a certain way. I'd say in about three years, those conversations can start. Hell, he played his way into a raise. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. This guy's now going to oh. be working for more money. So if he ever gets to the point to where he's like, ah, you know, that $37.5 million a year to call football games, I'm sure we'll help him. Teddy, I do want to ask you, kind of if you would be kind enough to – Pull back the curtain a little bit because we have talked about Tom Brady, the football player. Yeah. Who is Tom Brady, the person to Teddy Bruschi? Well, (laughs) that's a, that's a very deep question there, Gresh. This is one of my best friends. And, um, 
not only to have him as a teammate early in his career, but to, to attend watch him as an analyst and our our um, friendship actually continue. I mean, this is a guy that I would talk on the phone with and we would have conversations about our family. And how can I tell you how genuine he's been as a friend to me for, I mean, shoot, two decades. I mean, I can't really tell you. But okay, okay, here. I'm talking to Tom one time on the phone, and I'm telling him how Dante, my son, is playing quarterback as a freshman football player. And Tom says, no, Dante's playing quarterback? He's, and I say, yeah. He says, okay, hold on a second. I'm going to FaceTime you. And so we hang up off the phone, and he FaceTimes me back. And I say, yeah, what's up, man? He says, bring me up to Dante. And I'm like, what? He's like, no, bring me up to him. I want to talk to him. So I go up the stairs talking to, t- talking to Tom on FaceTime, realizing that this, I think Tom's in his pajamas, actually, and he has a knee brace on when he had a knee injury and all of that stuff. And then I go up to my room, and I say, Dante, uh, Mr. Brady wants to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, what's up? My son's in his underwear. Okay, <laughs> So he, we're FaceTiming Tom in his pajamas. And Dante's in his underwear, and Tom says, "And Tom says, hey Dante, show me how you hold the football." So, so Tom continues. Uh, so Tom continues to show Dante and tell him how to hold the football and what his stance should be in his room while my son's in his underwear and Tom's like in his pajamas. And that's just it. it it's it's that's who it was all the time. And. I think Tom needs to realize that how he's thanking everyone for his career, we all need to be thanking him for the standard that he showed of being a teammate, a friend, an individual, how he was classy with the media the, for so often under such controversial even times. He was just the perfect the perfect example of what young players and young and fathers that have sons that are playing the game should really look to and say, that guy did it right. Well, we thank you for uh, making some time. I know you're on the FOF list and you probably got mad dog Russo there waiting to scream at you in about 10 minutes over something. You know what I mean? But Teddy Bruschi is going to be, uh, he's, I worked for him for a year. He is talk about an interesting human being. Holy cow. There's, there's a a whole, whole show in that as well. But Teddy, thanks for the time, man. It really means a lot. You hopped on great stories, great uh, perspective on Tom Brady. Thank you. I'm sure we are uh, among the many that you're going to have to talk to today up there at the Four Letter Network, and we appreciate it, man. Thanks, Teddy. All right, fellas. My pleasure. I don't mind telling stories about my buddy. Oh, it's it's so much fun. So much fun. Thanks, Thanks, Teddy. Great stuff from uh, Teddy Bruschi. Good job out of you getting that done. No, dude, it's a team effort. That was great. Uh, and, and one awesome story at the end. I, the, the greatest thing about it, he's right on so many different levels. I mean, I can't I, – I mean, listen, I've had similar situations with, with him with my own son, like with just kids. The, the feelings – when you sit down with Tom, you, you, he gives you his attention. He doesn't look through you, look past you. He pays attention. It's a, it really is uncanny, like the amount of how willing he is to give you his undivided attention when everybody wants something from him. That, to me, is an aspect that doesn't get played up enough. That's interesting. Teddy was, Teddy was great. Now, more Gresh and Fourier on WEEI.
12 o'clock. Let's talk to our friend Tom Curran from NBC Sports Boston here at Gresham Fourier. Tom E. brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. Starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Good afternoon, Tommy. Hello, fellas. How's everything? Uh, we're we're great. I don't know if we're as good as Bill Belichick. Uh, what do you make, Tommy? Is some of the video of hands-on Bill? He's a, it's a <laughs> he. I, I think he's taking supervisory coaching role to another level. I yeah. I, I think he's always like that. Gresh, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, but he loves to teach. This is the best time of year for him. I mean, he's away a little bit from. He gets to evaluate. He gets to teach, which is something that he always loved at, at the rookie mini camps, especially. So, yeah, I think it's kind of standard fare for him to be a hands-on supervisory guy. What I'm interested in is is how the division of power and division of labor is going with that coaching staff, and how well, and what the general, I guess, vibe around the coaching staff is. Their level of uh, enthusiasm and optimism right now. So, Tommy, has there um, has there been any, um, I guess, any updates on the O line search with uh, Adrian Clem? That's the last I heard of it, and I haven't heard any other names. Are they still looking for that position? Old boy Ryan Wendell was brought in, um, I believe, for a meeting. So he's a former Patriots center, and he was brought in to have the tires kicked. But I think what'll be interesting to watch is, despite that flurry of transparency we saw a couple of weeks ago i don't know if there'll be a whole mess of announcements as to staff changes and promotions like even with gerard mayo i've been trying to say hey can we get got a lot of floor play a couple weeks ago do we get any closure on this and i'm hearing a whole lot of nothing back Uh, so you know i could see we're not going to find out until they put out the media guides exactly what different coaches are doing but we'll, we'll get to that maybe next month when we see bill um, at the owners' meetings at the end of March. Yeah, Tom, it was interesting that on that uh, flight out, it was Bill, the two co-defensive coordinators, let's call them, Bill O'Brien, and then Joe Judge was in that mix as well. Is the assumption that Joe Judge goes back to special teams coordinator, or is that putting the cart before the horse, in your opinion? I would guess that that, that would be where he's trending towards, see if he embraces it or not. Um, but that is just, that's me spitballing. Honestly, I don't have a solid answer for that. Like I said, they've, they've kind of gone a little bit quiet and they're out of town right now. So I I don't have a lot on which way different guys are going. I think Bill's probably letting things declare. Yeah. And don't you think like to your, 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 uh, your earlier comment, it's like, I feel like the hard part's done, right? The, The hard part's done. We got the coordinator and that was the biggest issue. Now, I guess it's just all about, I guess, adding pieces or removing pieces, right? Yeah, and seeing how guys fit together in any job, whether it's radio, writing, TV, coaching, playing. How do we fit together? We need a week or two to figure it out. We need to see where we need to add things. There's no massive rush. You don't want to drag your feet, as they did last year a little bit or in past years. Um, But let guys kind of declare, what does Bill O'Brien think of the players on hand? What does he think once he gets – you know, eyeballs deep on Cole Strange and David Andrews and Ramondre Stevenson and the need to add more players around uh, 
you know, Stevenson? Do you bring back Harris? I think there's so much on their plates right now that I don't blame them for taking it slow because I really think that O'Brien's addition can have a two or three win impact on this team. And not only that, it can have an impact that is felt because of what they went through last year. They were in the desert, and now they're being handed a glass of water with some optimism. Glass of water after you're in the desert always tastes a lot better. Mm. Not that I've been in the desert than if you were just out there on a hot day. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston Aggression Fourier. Where do you come down on putting the valuation on Jacoby Myers in free agency? The Patriots will likely roll the dice and allow him to hit free agency so that he gets probably confirmation that nobody else sees him as a 14 or $15 million player. Remember the franchise tags were projected yesterday. Wide receiver franchise tag is $19 million. So that is often a placekeeper for players that a team wants to retain. And after you use that, you know, placeholder on them, when that player renegotiates, he's looking for that amount per year going forward. Jacoby Myers is not a hundred million dollar five year player. To me, he's about a four-year, $44 million player. And part of that is based on the fact that they've gotten four years of production out of him for $6 million. I know you're not supposed to do that, but he's been their best receiver for three years. If you get eight years for $50 million out of Jacoby Myers and he averages 70 catches and 750 yards and two touchdowns, that's fine with me. Eight into 50 goes what? Six. Yep. You're fine. Big deal. Yeah, so when, when you look at that, so as far as the guys that are left on the on the roster now offensively, and I love how we all we do is think about the offensive side. When you look at the defensive side, all I'm doing during this, you know, postseason Super Bowl run is trying to figure out if Matthew hearing that Matthew Slater is still in the weight room, like he's still showing up, and then Devin McCourty is like doing every show imaginable. Like where do you where do you stand with those two guys? Um haven't spoken to Devin last week on the podcast. He didn't really indicate anything. So I'm going on the things I saw. I mean, I'm going to the weight room probably at some point this week, and I'm definitely not playing in the league next year. I think that Slater did everything possible to indicate that I'm, I'm all set. I'm moving on. So even if he's staying in shape and using the facility, I don't know. I, until Until he gives some kind of an indication that, from a podium that undoes what he, you know, kind of showed at the end of the year, then I'm presuming that he's done. And same thing with Devin. So I wouldn't think that either one of those guys will be back, but it does speak to the leadership need and goes back to Jacoby Myers too. He's a good leader. He's one of your better leaders. He's one of your younger leaders. He's done a lot. Do you want to lose a guy like that? Tommy, I know that the Patriots are going through the beginning of the evaluation process of the guys coming into the league from college football. Do you think this draft will be a we need to match need with our picks? Or will Bill Belichick look at it like he always does, that if there's a great corner at 14, the rate's higher than maybe a guy who could come in and play tackle, that he kind of goes that way? I'm curious where you land on how Bill and Bill O'Brien and his staff of people who are now, they're all in the family. They're all trustworthy now. 
How do you think they go about building this football team and in particular the use of the draft? You cannot have a football team that can't protect its quarterback when it's a quarterback who needs protection. Well, he's not a restart the play by a massive amount of time quarterback. And as such, if you don't have receivers who uncover quickly, you have double jeopardy. So what can you do to fix your offense? You can give them more protection by bringing in better players, coaching them up better, and, and making sure that Mac Jones has 2.8 seconds to survey, which he didn't have too frequently this past year. So I don't care how much you like the corner. I don't care. You know, you have to go back to the offensive line or you have to find one of those guys who uncovers quickly. They, that has to be priority one because it held the team completely hostage. So, Tommy, so when you look at uh, last week's games, the AFC Championship game in particular, um, does that make – and you watch Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes uh, playing an AFC Championship game again. Does it make you feel better or worse about the Patriots' chances moving forward? I look at both of those teams, Christian, and we talked about this a little bit last night on early edition, and say, that's nice. I'm still down here at base camp if I'm a Patriots fan, though, and those guys are near the summit. We can't even worry about what's going on up in the clouds where those teams are. The Patriots are among the least disciplined teams in the league in 2022. Um, They were penalty plagued, situationally stupid, and they could not score touchdowns. So before I'm worrying about, gee, can we keep up with Jamar Chase? Just get on their level or approach their level. Can that happen quickly? I think it can because of O'Brien, because I think Mac Jones is okay to good. But I feel, I feel like there's so many things that those teams have that are discouraging for the Patriots. <laughs> you know, they have fast guys. Oh, like, man. Isn't speed an issue? <laughs> speed, speed and protection are the biggest issues for me. And I talked about speed back um, and the need for it for the Patriots whether it's been James White or Kevin Falk or Shane Vereen or Danny Woodhead or any assortment of players who've been able to uncover quickly and, and make yards after the catch because they're elusive and fast. The Patriots have one guy who I can say is really able to do that, and he plays friggin' defense, Marcus Jones. So why they didn't take a guy like Isaiah Pacheco taken in the seventh round out of Rutgers, who Greg Schiano said was one of the toughest players he's ever seen, I don't know. But the Patriots need a Pacheco, a Gainwell, um, a Debo to high, higher price it. Somebody like that who they can have is one of those quick uncovering guys. Tom Curran, you look down on your phone and you see there's a 212 area code. It comes up R. Goodell. You answer the phone and he says, Tommy, how do I fix my officiating problem in the league? What do you tell him? No more all-star crews. No more hand-wringing over the Pruder film replay. Have a, have a clear and definite, if I don't see it on the first two shots with my expedited replay, sorry. I don't care if something shows up later. That Devontae Smith thing was a perfect example. That expedited replay stuff. Is supposed to be for clear and obvious mistakes made. You and I can certainly differ on clear and obvious, but if they had to go to commercial break after seeing three different replays and his back was shielding it, and you eventually, because there's a Pruder film 
frame-by-frame breakdowns found that, oh, yeah, the ball actually did kind of squirt out and, and the ground was involved there. Sorry, that wasn't clear and obvious. You can't do it on every play. You just have to acknowledge there's going to be times where we cannot fix what's broken. You guys might find this interesting, too. If these officials are going to be so scared in high-impact games by the home crowd as to see what we saw with Kansas City the other day, then go ahead. Put this, put it in a neutral site. Well, I mean, listen, uh, part of me likes the fact that uh, it, during these high-impact games, they they don't mind taking a little bit longer time. I don't think anyone watching that game was going to be upset if uh, if they just got it right and it cost them an extra five minutes. I would, because you're you're. We could do that over and over and over again with so many different plays, Christian. Mm-hmm. And then it just opens the Pandora's box of well, if they can replay that, why can't they replay this? Yeah, and but it's the championship the game, so that that is my point. What you, you, like getting it wrong in week three is a little bit different to me than getting it wrong in, in the middle of January. But don't you have to have yeah, a system the- that gets it right as or as close to right as much of the time, all the time, as quickly as possible? Well, yes, but if that was if that was the case, they would there would be more personal like, you know, pass interference plays, you know, with 10 seconds left and there usually is never a pass interference called when two guys are going up for the ball on some sort of fade route. They'll never call unless the guy pulls him down by his shoulder pads. I mean, that's me, but what do I know? Right? I don't know as much as Tom. You, you know a lot, but I, I don't know, I don't know like, as much as Tom. We, would we add more? We look at it as this it's going to fix everything. It's a panacea. All, all will be well. And then people are, well, how come that hold wasn't called? That's right. going to be in replay too. Well, you, no, I, it's funny. And, I saw a lot of that online. Like everybody oh, calling no. out every little ticky-tack little penalty yeah. that wasn't called. And, you know, the other thing too that the NFL, Tommy, I think needs to do is turn their ears off. Yep. Like don't don't look at Twitter on days. Like don't look at social media don't be overreactionary to the the stupid hashtag NFL is rigged and all that kind of stuff. Yet, I don't know if they're capable of doing that. That might be the one thing in this whole sort of refing discussion we've had the last five minutes that the NFL might not be able to do is turn their ears no. off. I guess the first answer I should have given is who is the director of operations for the NFL and who has been in that position for nearly a decade now? Who presided over the idiocy of Deflategate? Who is in charge of the officials from an operational level? It's Troy Vincent. It's Troy Vincent, and he's been a disaster for a decade. Oh, that guy. You know what? Uh, we're, we're, it, cause he's I, never going anywhere. He is locked uh, in. He has, there's something about Troy Vincent yeah, he that tried just to, scares me. Yeah, he tried to work he, with the league to no, uh, I know exactly what he the did. union. Like, I it, know exactly no, what he right. did. No, you're right. They're never, sadly, they're never going to get rid of that guy. Just like we are never going to get rid of our friend Tommy Curran, <laughs> who you will be able to hear with Jones and Mego on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Tommy, thanks for the time, friend. We appreciate it. We'll catch you soon. All right, good stuff. Thanks, right, guys. Yep, there you go. Oh, Troy Vincent, just, just the worst. There's just so many. You're right, though. There's. He's handpicked. Oh, yeah. He was one of those guys that was a, basically a turncoat, uh, gave away trade secrets because he was trying to play both sides. One side found out about it, said beat it, and the other side embraced him. I mean, long story short, but whatever. Nope, it is true, and short. it's out there. Yeah, that guy's got a uh, hell of a history. So we know the movie 84 Brady is about to drop, and, well, after yesterday's uh, show, I had a uh, chance to talk to the legend Sally Field, who uh, joined us, or well, 
joined us on the Harbor One hotline. And uh, this 80 for Brady movie, I heard Courtney talking about it earlier yeah. today. She was like apparently bubble snotting through the the whole thing pretty much. And uh, like I saw the photo she put on social media and was like weeping and crying over it. Apparently it is a tearjerker. It is. It's a uh, it is a uh, it's a very good story. Let's put it that way. Uh, And I started with Sally Field saying, um, how the hell do you end up in a football movie about Tom Brady? Because who wouldn't want to end up in a football movie with Tom Brady, for goodness sakes? Uh, especially because I am a huge sports fan. I, I have been wanting to work with my friend Jane Fonda for a long time, but have been unable to find the right, the right script that, you know, sort of blew my skirts up, so to speak. But this one was about friendship, yes, but it's also about the love of this game and this particular player. And um, I'm, a, I'm a huge sports fan. And I think you underestimate how many older women are out there that are huge, huge sports fans, whether it's football or basketball or baseball or tennis or golf or all of them. And that, that would be me. So that's why this one completely fit in my mind. Um, and I'm, and that's why I'm glad and proud to be there. It was an absolute, total, and complete blast. So, what did you know about Tom Brady before meeting him? And then, what did you find in meeting this legendary seven-time world championship football player who's known all around the world? Well, I knew not everything that there was to know, but I, I knew quite a bit because I have watched him throughout the years. Um, I raised three sons, and so the football games were always on. And even when they left, um, they grew up and went away. Or when they would come back for Thanksgiving, for instance, that was the time when they'd al- we'd always have it on. Um, but even when they weren't there, I, I was still watching, um, and I would watch these games. Not all of them, because mm-hmm. sometimes I was watching, you know, other teams. Or And now that L.A. has a few teams, sometimes I was watching those teams. Um, so I was, I was, I was very aware of, 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 of Tom and his extraordinary achievements and skill. Um, and what was he when I met him? He, he was lovely. I, I was the one... Because I, we had these four fabulous football players that were coming to work for two days on, on the set at the end of the shoot. And we had all of our motorhomes sort of parked in a kind of caravan circle type, circle the wagon train kind of thing. And so I stood out there and welcomed them as I heard their cars driving up because I realized if I were if I were entering their arena, if I was stepping on a football field, I'd be having a heart attack. Um, <laughs> and so I thought, well, you know what? They're stepping on to our arena, and I don't think they're having a heart attack. But I wanted them to know that uh, we were so excited that they were coming. And I, for one, was speaking out for them all and just saying, welcome, and can I get you a cup of coffee? And this is where I am getting this, and this is yours, and over there is Jane. and um, for me, I, I loved having that moment. You know, I sort of pre pre um, opted all the rest of the girls and just went in there and claimed the territory. The legendary Sally Field here with Gresh and Fourier on WEI. The movie is 80 for Brady. 
you used quite an analogy when you mentioned about, you know, a, a football movie and it's Tom Brady and it's a script that blows your skirt up. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> what was it about this script that blew your skirt up? <laughs> um, just that, in that it was it was these four older women, which is actually based on a true based on a true story um, that um, fall in love with the game and this player. And um, it brings them together every uh, weekend to not, you know, complain about their lives or their husbands or any of that. It's just to enjoy this game. And I think that's what sports is. Sports is a very, very important part of what human beings do. Uh, it, 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 it brings people together. Um, lots of times it, it makes people too, too team-oriented, and then they get mad at each other when um, it really it should be this, this sort of rejoicing of, of, of what the human spirit is and, and what the human body can do. You, these extraordinary artists is what they are. Um, so to me, I love the fact that it was really centered around football and yes it's about friendship and all of that is there too and it's it's also kind of like a you know a, a, a superheroes movie it, it sort of leaves reality a few times and it's just fun and that's really what it uh, should be you mentioned about working with Jane Fonda what was that like how was the was the experience everything you had hoped it would be and more well yeah, it, because she's been my really, really good and important friend boy, since the early <laughs> 80s um, and been hugely influential in my life and just just a good and supportive friend who is always, always there. And so to be able to spend every day with her day in and day out for, you know, two months or whatever it was, was precious, precious time for me. And I feel that so way about Lily. Um, Rita, I didn't know, but now do. And to have this time with them of laughing and, and being tired and working things out and dancing and, uh, you know, it, it's precious. As we get, as we all get older here, we, we, I know we all feel how precious it is. Have you been to a Super Bowl that wasn't one that was created on a movie set? <laughs> no, I have not. But I sure as heck have watched them. Um, but I have not. And sometimes I've watched them and thought, you know what? I, I'm just fine just watching it right from here where I, I'm sitting <laughs> on my couch and I've got my kids and my dog or my, you know, whatever. I'm alone. Uh because it, it, a lot of it, a lot of time, lots of times, it just looks like mass chaos, and I think, well, that's probably fun for all of them, but I'm just fine where I am. And you got to watch the commercials as well because it does they stimulate creativity in a lot of different ways. You're so right. You know, they make this huge, big experience out of that whole day. And it's so much fun. It's so I don't care if you've never watched a single football game in your whole life. 
I invite you to now start watching because this particular Super Bowl is going to be a really good one. You know, let's face it. Those teams are, those two quarterbacks are, you know, pretty darn good. It is a historic matchup uh, between those two. Sally Field, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. And the rundown uh, for 80 for Brady and talking some football. Thank you. And uh, and have fun promoting the hell out of this. And uh, hopefully you <laughs> loved Gronk as much as we do here in New England. Uh, we all loved Gronk. We literally were going to follow him home, but we didn't. <laughs> There's a lot of people who would uh, follow Gronk home, including uh, some of those in the uh, Twitch chat as well. So uh, there you go. All and right. Who would you have picked to play Christian Fourier in this movie if you were cast? Well, I mean, I would demand to play myself. This is what I would do. I would say, hey, listen, no one can be me better than me. Come on. What are we doing here? I'm and a hard they, person to recreate. Like, think how many different nationalities you have to add to find this particular shade of brown, right? <laughs> I mean, this doesn't – you can't – this isn't just one for the other. This is like 16 different nationalities all meshed up into one. You can't – you're going to have to somehow spray paint the, the, the this this shade of brown, this righteous beige color that I am sporting right now. Mm. And she's interesting. I like her. I'm a big fan of her, um, just like in general. Right. I'm I'm flashing for the Twitchers. They want hand comparisons. Oh, they want hands? So we can keep talking. We can just, you know, take care of them by putting our hands up and stuff like that. That's all. Apparently there's some hand judging that okay. is going okay. on. That's from like two segments ago. No, that's okay. Well, the Twitchers are a little behind. They were listening to Sally Field and, uh, yeah, and they love like, Gronk. I feel like I got to go watch this movie now. I really do feel like I have to go watch it. Are don't you, you kind of feel, aren't you a little bit curious? Like, it's going to have, I wasn't before because I was asked, invited to go watch it, and I just said no. I didn't feel like doing it. And then, you know, Curtis watched it. Of course, he loves it. You know, Courtney's watching it, but, you know, she's Miss Pleasant, you know, so she was, you know, crying at the end of it. And I feel like, you know, something bad obviously happens at the end. I've not seen, I haven't talked to anybody, but you're not watching that movie unless one of the 80-year-olds, like, somehow... You know. What are you predicting that this thing is going to end with death? Yeah, I am. Someone dies. I haven't seen it. It's Tom, I'm not giving away. It's Tom, it's Tom Brady. Brady's career. It's Tom Brady's relationship. Yeah, Tom Brady's relationship. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, Tommy, you made a movie about these old bags instead of me. <laughs> F you, I'm leaving. It's I another can see reason it now. for me not to love you another anymore. Another reason for you to go. <laughs> I don't need you. I have Jujitsu Joe. Jiu-Jitsu Zone, let's go. He's like, yes. Where are I we am going? Here. Yes. Where would you like Where to practice? Where are we practice? going? Do and I by need... practice, I mean have sex. Do I need my <laughs> gi? <laughs> no, I'll be wearing my gi. Oh, my goodness. Uh... Well, we also have to get to uh, a little bit of something here. Right, because, I know. Um, ladies and gentlemen, on Saturday, it is going to be frigid cold in New England. Yeah all across our listening area. And, of course, you can listen to us on the Odyssey app as well. Um, it is supposed to be, like, feel like temperatures of, like, anywhere between, depending on where you are, 15 to, like, 50 below. Yeah. Like well, well, here in Boston, sunny but cold temperatures peaking in the 90s. <laughs> I know that Curtis was all over it this morning as well, and apparently it is going to be wicked cold on Saturday. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that there might only be nah, one person in the audience and one sitting to my left that are worried about Christian's 
Twiggin' Giggleberries this weekend. No, nobody cares. And, uh, well, you're going to be riding a bicycle outside, are you not? Well, I mean, I think I am. I mean, because I'm doing this, what they're calling the, uh, what the hell are they even call this damn thing? It's it's the Pan Mass Challenge at Fenway. Uh-huh. It's called the the winter the winter winter cycle Pan Mass. The Pan Mass Challenge winter cycle. So instead, obviously, Pan Mass Challenge, obviously during the summer or the beginning of the summer, you know. And this one is inside at Fenway Park. Okay. And if you look at the website when you pull it up, it literally looks like you're just you know riding a bike, you know, outside overlooking the field. Okay. So you're doing the whole, I don't know, the whole like, you know, those those uh those spin classes where they got the funky music and they got the DJ and they're like, wooga, 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 you know, they're doing I'll tell all you this what, stuff. if there's one thing I'm an expert in, it's spin class. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, I used to do it. My wife talked me into this. She's like, ah, you know, it. she's oh, part of this. Oh, yeah, no, well, no, it's, the yep, culprit is yep, out. I'm blaming it all on her. All right. And so she's, she's like a board member of like the Friends of Dana-Farber, you know, so she's like, oh, they have this whole thing. She does good things. She does, and she, and you know, she's like, oh, I'll do it, you know, I'll, I'll join in, it'll be a group thing. And sure as hell, I'm like, wait a second, are they even going to do this thing? Because you look at the website and everything looks like it's outside. Everything, the bikes are outside, the girls are outside, they're doing it outside. I'm like, it's going to be one of the coldest days in the last five years. Are we really going to do this? Significant shrinkage. I was just going to say, sitting on that uh, tiny bicycle seat won't be a problem in that cold. (laughs) I just don't know if this, yeah, so when I saw this, I was like, what would you even wear? So you got to go out there in a full-fledged coat scarf hat extra socks double double ply oh, underwear yeah. you know dry suit gloves like maybe the, the the maybe the face thing you see goggles that the skiers wear when it's real windy outside it's gonna look like an nba player full oh, leggings man. on yeah so yeah that's top. that's what my weekend yeah pan mass challenge winter cycle 2023 so how far are you riding no do idea. you even know zero clue so you have been signed up for this so you've been signed up for this, and you really don't know the particulars other than absolutely zero. You might be riding a small seated bicycle yep. outside in freezing temperatures. Well, see, that's the first thing, right? If they had one of those old school, like you know, old people bikes with the three wheels and the basket and like the really big fat chair. Well, this is what I'll be riding to. I was gonna say, what like, are you this gonna? Is this is what this you're is gonna be Remember riding. You to? gotta like ride. You gotta like, you gotta keep beat like it's like you gotta ride to the music. You gotta hit every and then they go one hand, two hand. They, they do all this this whole like erotic like maneuvers on erotic? the bike. Erotic? Yes. Is there air humping? It is a lot of air humping. Pump yes. I, if, I know any guy, any person who's who's taken one of these classes, they know what I'm talking about. A lot of that. It's a lot of like you know, go up, go down, go up, go down, go up, go down. See? Can you feel the burn? Well. Ladies, I mean, look at oh god! Oh, I turn. This is that covered up. It's it's cult like. Yeah, but that's Peloton, isn't it? No, no, no. They're all the same. They all do the same thing. There's nobody's just. You're not just riding the bike. They kind of direct you and tell you what to do. Hey, listen, that girl. Can you imagine this? That Peloton girl got a job on College Game Day. Maybe this is where you need to go back. Really? Uh, It's awful, and she stinks. Oh, I'm perky and ride bikes, so here I'm going to talk to this college football coach. Get the hell out of here. You can do it, college football player whose name I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to give you the same type of encouragement that I did for all my riders on Peloton. Come on, dig. Uh, You know, hey, lady, the game doesn't start until tomorrow. Oh, my bad. (laughs) 
I still want to motivate you with cool stories about my life. All right, so let's go around the, the room, right. meaning the crew, because we're leaving you out of this. Uh, Billy, is it a better chance that Fourier ends up half frozen or in traction after this event on Saturday? Absolutely frozen, completely miserable on Monday. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't believe, like, traction would be my first guess. Chicken Nick, what do you got? I was going to go frozen and sick on Monday. Ooh, that'd be bad for me. I will me. be walking in with a limp. Absolutely. Because he of the- surgery on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going full-blown traction. Uh, His back is going to lock up. It's the he's stupidest thing be, I've ever done. He's going to be- walk- How quick does he tap out? Oh, oh! You know oh, what? I can't and, tap out. That's the problem. I gotta the, stay uh, on the bike. The, I can't be the one the, guy that jumps off the bike. The fact, sh- the fact sheet says it's five forty-five minute rides. What? <laughs> what? The PMC no, it winter is. cycle. No, it isn't. No, the, the what? PM, the PMC oh, winter cycle it. is comprised of five forty-five minute rides led by popular oh, local what? spin instructors. I thought it was like one. What? This is a terrible idea. This is. This is. Like, I'm all about raising money. How you know did you that. get wrangled into I have this? No idea. I don't know if I answer it. I mean, obviously, I don't get it. It's like, but it feels like one of those things. Like once you start, you don't want to stop. Like imagine having to go 45 minutes and they tell you to stop and it's freezing outside and they expect you to get back on the bike for another 45 minute run. That's when he'll tighten up like so crazy. That's what I'm saying. So like you do it for 45 minutes, they toss you a juice box, then you jump back on and do it for another ju- 45 minutes. And listen, this is all for a great cause. This oh, has nothing to do with the event or anything like that. This is more about how miserable Christian's going to be on Monday or how the text string on Saturday night will show him in like a photo taken by his wife where he's face down with ice on his back. And all that. Nine, it starts because Chris will be in the hospital. It starts at nine thirty in the morning on a Saturday morning. A Saturday freaking morning. Oh sweet Jesus! What am I? What is this? How do I get out of this? So somebody said that on the uh, text to three seven ninety three seven. Uh, we have a thirty a thirty hour running event in Westwood that starts at eight a.m. on Saturday. It's called. I'm driving down from Maine and hope to hit hundred twenty miles on the yeah. trail. Good <laughs> lord. It's not. Oh, wait. I got another guy who said he signed up. Oh, he said he just signed up for a spin class. Okay, oh, dude. Like, I'll do the spin class. Twitch on chat inside. all over you. You should wear your pads on second thought. Uh, it's a terrible idea. Stupid. I mean, it's the raising um, the money is a great idea, but right. me, me doing this is stupid. I'm stupid. Look, I said it out loud. I'm dumb. I'm an idiot. What? I am like, I don't know, what What am I really going to get out of this? What's my real goal, Gresh? You want to know what my real end game is? What's that? Just to but make I'll, your wife happy? I, well, listen, it's like a, hey, you know what? Uh, I got you flowers. Uh, you know what? Hey, let's take you out to dinner. Like, I'll take you to a play. You know what comes after that? Chicka Bow Wow time. That's what you usually get in the end. Oh, yeah. You're going to be walking in with your frozen wah wah. Everything's going to tuck up into itself. Oh, there's no question. It's going to take you two days to find it again. It's going to be so cold. Shrinkage. No, they don't. I got to rethink some things. I'm I got to assume kidding. that they're going to be like really. There's going to have to be like sideline heating fans on each side of wherever you guys are. Look, it looks like it's all outside. It's no, like that's all you have like, is a roof uh, over your head. All you have is like all you have is a roof. You've been on the sidelines, obviously, with the heating gigantic heating fans. No, I burnt my, I melted my cleats one time. I was so frozen out there. Wow, this is really, this is really. Concerning. I I figured that we would talk about this. It'd be a little bit of fun. I am now thoroughly looking forward to this on Saturday morning and getting an update. This will be fantastic. Hey, listen, it's for a good cause. Oh, now, okay. you know what? 
Look at Coop breaking go. balls just on Twitch. Oh, He's got Gold Bond medicated powder <laughs> pulled up as well. Oh, that ain't going to help you, brother. Yeah, you know works. what you need? You know them hand warmer gimmick deals that you could, like, that, yeah. the hand warmer things you can put in your gloves? You need a couple of those in your uh, nether region, as the uh, as the great gorilla monsoon would say, Billy, in the solar plexus area. You need to heat your ding ding after yeah. you ride the thing thing. I'm a legit nervous about this now. Oh, like, this is fantastic! Really nuts. I'm, I'm so at. glad we covered this. 